This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora Welcome all to the pre-Christmas 2023 edition of Running Together. About this time of the year, most kids and young adults who are in education are celebrating the end of school or university. The long summer holidays are ahead of them. For teachers, they're breathing a sigh of relief. Time to recharge. For teachers who run, it's an opportunity to get some much-needed fitness and adventures. My guest today has had plenty of both over her life. She is one of those modest souls who demonstrates so much that is admirable. I am keen to learn more and pick up some tips on living life to the full. Harriet Kingston, welcome to Brain Together. Thank you. I feel like your introduction was far too kind. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. It's very well deserved. And we'll find out why over the next 25, 30 minutes. My first question for you, Harriet, is have you ever run Comrades in South Africa? Yes. Now, I've run it twice, actually. So I lived there for a couple of years. You obviously know this. And I was not a marathon runner before I left New Zealand. I was just happy doing half marathons in the weekend. And then it's crazy. Like in South Africa, the bar is just so much higher People aren't happy with a half marathon. They think, what are you training for? You know, or what are you qualifying for? And so I thought, I better do a marathon while I'm here. And then when you do that, they say, you know, well, you obviously have to do comrades now. And so I thought, okay, I'll do this. Okay. And just for anyone who hasn't heard about comrades, because we've had a number of people, we've had Lisa Brignall, we've had uh, Matakai and Twaze on telling us about it. So very briefly, comrades is? It is... They call it the ultimate human race, and it is a 90-kilometre ultramarathon between Peter Maritzburg and Durban in South Africa. In South Africa. So that you can either go uphill or downhill, yes. so each, kind of. each year the direction alternates, and I guess overall uphill or overall downhill, but this, it's an undulating course. Yeah. 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 Sorry, please continue as far as, you, so you've done it twice. Oh, I did it twice and it was one of those crazy things where I never thought I'd do an ultra and then I suddenly signed up and suddenly once you start training and you're with the club, you just keep going and then suddenly you're there and it's the most amazing experience. But I remember <laughs> my fitness was quite good and I got through most of the race. Like, you know, I wasn't running fast, but I was, you know, out there having a good time and, and then this pain hits you at about 70 kilometers. I've never been that fast. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not ever going to do this again. And I crossed the finish line, you know, I determined to finish. And I said to my friend, Daniela, oh, I'm never, never going comrades again. But then the next morning I woke up and I was a little bit disappointed because I'd wanted to run it in nine hours and I did 9.23. And so a little bit of me, I think this is why runners are a little bit crazy. I was disappointed that I hadn't made the nine-hour time. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe I'll have to go back and do it again. And so I signed up again the second year. But I had the same experience where I got to a point in the race 
And I remember I just ran up a hill. It was probably around 70 k's again. That seems to be this magical number for me. And I remember stopping and I put my hands on my hips and I said some words that I probably can't repeat on radio. And I thought, why have I done this? I, I swore I was never going to do this again. And then this lovely man, Sam, ran up next to me and he said, come on. You know, he was just a ran- you know a stranger. But mm. this is what's so special about comrades is that you have, I guess it's all in the name, that these people just are out there helping each other. And so Sam and I ran the last 20 Ks together. I still didn't do nine hours, but one day I guess I'll have to go back. <laughs> and this is back in 2017, 2018, or 2018, 2019, yes. was it? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. You did some research. I did some research. <laughs> <laughs> so well done, you. It sounds fantastic. And you're absolutely right. It is, there's so much about that running together. And not just with the people who are running, I believe, from what I've heard, uh, Lisa in particular. She was also talking about the people on the sides of the road that you're running along. So supportive. There's, like, people come out and it's their whole day's entertainment. They are out (laughs) with, with their families. They've got their picnic blankets, their deck chairs. People are bringing barbecues. They're out there, you know, just to cheer people on. And so imagine, you know, 90 kilometres where the roads are essentially lined almost the whole way. And then families come out and they've cut up, you know, hundreds of oranges and they're giving them out to runners and others have made lots of ice cubes. And they're there, you know, it's just, it's so, like, generous. People are so Mm. generous with their time and their resources and, you know, that's almost... I don't know, running 90Ks is like takes a lot of energy, but I also think it takes a lot of energy to support, yeah. you know, 12, 13 hours. Yeah. And maybe Sam was feeling that vibe when he came up to you. Maybe he'd been helped by Look, he someone. said he'd done, he'd done comrades 10 or 12 times, and he said, you know, I've done my fast runs. I'm just here to help people. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a lovely man. What a great example of the, the better side of humanity, as it were. The other thing I guess that's special about that is South Africa is obviously a country with a kind of, you know, very checkered past and lots of trauma. And mm. a day like that, I think, is really special to South Africa in more ways than just the mm. running community. Because it brings everyone together. Yeah. And the other thing is that, like, when you're on the road running, it doesn't matter what your job is or how much money you have. Like, everyone's out there together. And that once you cross the finish line, it it doesn't always feel like that same camaraderie stays. People kind mm. of are quite divided in that country. And so it's lovely that when you're in a race, it feels like people are unified. Yeah. A good feeling. So let's talk about your running journey before Comrades, because you mentioned actually briefly that you were already a runner. So where did it all begin for you? I <laughs> <laughs> Must be about 10 years ago now, I moved in with this girl called Sammy. She was, you know, just a random person I found on Trade Me. She was so lovely. We ended up flatting together and she was a runner and she used to run around Hagley Park every morning. And I remember thinking, I'd quite like to be able to do that. And Sammy, she went away for three months. She was training to be a doctor. And I thought, while she's gone, I'm going to get my fitness good enough to run with her when she comes back. And so, yeah, that was my goal. And when she came back from her trip overseas, I was like, Sammy, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to run around Hackley with you. Um, and I guess that was how it all started. And so we used to get up each morning at five, do a run around Hackley Park. Um, we lived a kilometre away. And so that was just a lovely way to start the day. 
she was running with Don Gregg from the DGRS then, but it wasn't a club then. It was just this group of, you know, just a few guys, mm-hmm. really, Don and Marie and a few friends. And Sammy ran with them. And she one day she said, you know, you should come and run with us. And so I thought, well, you know, they look like they're quite speedy people. Um, but I went along and I, you know, started to run with them. And then that was kind of, I got, had the bug. Become your running I family. Guess. I still remember we used to do speed work in South Hagley on the grass. There's like an old cricket field or something. There is, yeah. And I remember the first workout was three times 800 metres. And I remember doing one and thinking, I can't do this. This really hurts, you know, doing <laughs> intervals right because I'd never done intervals before. Mm. And then, you know, Shane and Ian were there and they said, no, no, you know, you can do another one. And then we ended up doing three. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, my body's so much better than – you know, I thought I had to stop, but yeah. I can keep going. Yeah, exactly. Push, provide new limits. And know. I guess, yeah, I obviously have a little bit of an addictive personality sometimes. And I think the satisfaction I got from running and suddenly when Don introduced me to doing a little bit of speed work and then you see your 5K time get better and your 10K time get better, it's like, oh, if I put lots of work in, I get really good at this. And it was a really satisfying hobby. Yeah, because if I fast forward, when you're talking about getting better, you had a goal, I believe, for this year. And if I cast my mind back to July the 6th, 2023, you're smiling away, in another country, a beautiful beach, not far away. So tell me about that. Oh, you're talking about, this is one of the highlights of my year, Pete. I ran a 122 half marathon. Which is really fast, everyone. Look, it was 120 through 51 or something, but we just, we round it down to 122. Of course we think. do. <laughs> uh, all the seconds just disappear. Yes. And I just didn't think I would ever be able to do that. Like a year ago, I was hoping to break 130. So I just can't believe that that happened. So it's honestly been the best running year for me. That's fantastic. So, oh my goodness, on the fly, I'm going to try, try some mental maths. So that's 21 Ks. In 82 minutes, so if I can, if I try and translate that into a 5K, like a Hagley Park, what would that be? That would be around four minutes per K, wouldn't yeah, it? So bit, about 20 minutes. A bit under. A bit yeah. under. Oh, okay. Less than 20 minutes for a 5K, but you're doing it four, over four times longer. Fantastic. Fantastic. Look, I'm still on a high from that, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant performance. And it just goes to show, as you said, those steady improvements over time. Because I'd been trying to go under 130 for years with training before. Like I ran a 134 in maybe 2016, and then I hadn't got any better. And so then all of a sudden, after years of just kind of putting some – just keeping training, I guess. And then I got back to New Zealand from South Africa and I just feel like this last 12 months or 18 months, there have been heaps of improvements. And I just wonder whether it was just chipping away for all this time. And then I made this big leap of growth. You'll have to talk to your coach, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll have an explanation. People obviously respond differently. Mm. Something I've heard about recently is running age. So I was actually thinking of Brent and I. We actually have a fairly similar running age, even though he's 12 and I'm not. We've been running fairly regularly, probably around about the same amount of time. So it's that running age that's more important. So as you said, having that 
experience over years, the body is slowly adapted and got more comfortable with how the session is going to adapt better and so on. You're less likely to get injured so long as you're being, being careful. So all of that will then allow you to have that foundation, if you will, to then perform at a much higher level. And some of that will be mental, not just mm-hmm. physical. As, as you said, you mentioned about you can do it with Shane and Ian saying you can do another 800. And I'm sure your body's now got used to going, actually, I've got a lot more in reserve than it's I so realised. It's so funny that you say that because I remember going through a phase when I was in South Africa. I had a running coach there as well. And I remember I was doing a 10K, I think, a time trial. And I hadn't done very well. And I said to him, my coach, I said, I wonder if I've just not tough enough anymore. I, I was like, maybe, maybe I had my peak of you know being competitive and, and now I'm just a bit of a soft runner and I was like maybe that's okay and he said no he said you're just out of practice like we'd had yeah. this period of COVID where there were no races and he said you're out of practice of the you know towing that red line when you're mm. racing he was like you just need to do a few more races and he was right I did a few 5k time trials and I was like okay I'm used to that feeling again <laughs> so as a child were you running quite a bit then no. or was it was it with the other sports or Look, I played a little bit of netball and basketball, but I'm not a very good I'm not very good at team sports. I'm not aggressive enough. And so like I kind of was one of those social kid players mm-hmm. that was just participating, but I wasn't yeah. I wasn't very sporty or I wasn't a runner. Yeah. So it's definitely become something that Sammy helped you yes. start. Actually on that point, why isn't running more popular? So particularly with a lot of people in their 20s and 30s, okay, there's lots of other things happening in their lives, but most of them are perfectly physically capable of running, but a lot of them don't. I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts on this? Look, I wonder if people just aren't familiar with it. Like even when I was a kid, I didn't even know that running clubs were a thing. Mm. And then I've met all these people since I started running, who have been running for decades, and they've been part of running clubs for a long time. And I just, I guess I just wasn't, it was like this little secret society that I didn't know about. Yeah. I also think that maybe had I started running and I might have been running alone in Hagley, I would have looked at a running club and been really intimidated yeah. by that. And so having a person that said, hey, come along and you meet these people and you're like, oh, actually everyone's really nice. It makes it less intimidating. And like we go to the track now with DGRS. And I, mm. if you had you told me a few years ago I'd be running on the track, I would have thought you were crazy because that seems like a place only professional athletes yeah. run. Yeah, you see that in the Olympics and that's about it, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and so it's like it's, when people have got a few connections, it makes it accessible to go to some of those places that mm. you might not have otherwise, otherwise yeah. felt welcome. And I think DGRS, they take a particular approach where they've, got track running, even for people who often do road running or maybe even do quite often do trails across country, they do it year round. So you're actually out there. I mean, it's a safe place. Don or Ant can be watching people. They can see how they're performing. It's floodlights there in the middle of winter times. It's a good opportunity for, for people to get used to it. And you, you see, as you've, you've been mm. out there and so have I, people of essentially all abilities, people who are uh, very, very fast, and other people who are, are much more social or much slower, but they all seem to be enjoying the experience. Yes, and I say that's testament to Don. Like, he just loves to see people running, mm. and he doesn't have 
favourites. Like he's got, you know, there's obviously some really speedy people in DGRS, but there's also a whole lot of abilities underneath Mm. that. And so long as you're having fun and making some improvements, like I feel like Don's proud of everyone. And so it makes it a nice club Mm. to be part of. Nice community. So browsing through your Instagram photos, there was an amazing selection of photos of your adventures locally, nationally, and around the world. I did notice one that I'm very familiar with, my hometown river that you were cruising down a canoe on Ah, last year. Yes. So I love tramping and have done lots of tramping, but two of my brothers decided that they would do the Wanganui River journey last year and invited me along. So there were a group of five of us in the end. And that was just because it's one of the great not one of the great walks, but the great journeys, I guess. And we just had the most wonderful time. I didn't realise you were from that area. area. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we did the five-day journey and it just felt really magical. We thought we'd have to do less paddling. We thought maybe the river would carry us a little bit, but no, it's very slow moving. We had to do a lot of paddling. Mm. But yeah, I do love tramping and weekend adventures, yes. So you've done obviously some around New Zealand, what about, you've obviously been in South Africa and had some experiences there. Anywhere else you've been? Oh, look, I've also, I did the West Highland Way in Scotland. Oh, wow. Um, which was gorgeous. And I think that might be the extent of my international tramping. The West Highland Way was funny. Like, that was such, that's a seven-day walk from Milgai to Fort William in the Scottish Port, Highlands. Port William's my ancestral home, by ah. the way. So there we go. And it, it took me seven or maybe seven or eight days to walk there. And then I got the train back in like two hours. And I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> I did. Years ago, I saw it. Do, do you know, do you ever watch the Banff Film Festival? Um, they have it every year. It's at the Aurora Centre at yep. Burnside High. And it's just this collection of short films. And I remember there was a film in there with this older man who was into tramping and he went out for this tramp and he made this comment about how tramping is the least sexy of the outdoor sports. He's like, you know, skiing, surfing, mountain biking, trail running, like all these things are kind of fast and full of adrenaline. And then for tramping, you just put boots on and you walk. And so I've always, you know, I always think, why can't I have a more sexy like hobby? But I do love, I do love the slowness of tramping. surfing or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the motivation for seeking out those different places and adventures? Yeah, my parents were really into tramping. We never went as kids. Like, I'm one of four, and I think it's an expensive hobby, probably, to to take a family to do. I always admire families that do that with their kids. Um, I also think us kids would have been a bit reluctant to go and do that. (laughs) But as an an adult, you know how kids love to complain about things? Um, (laughs) But as an adult, mum and I did a few tramps together and it felt really special. And and I'm lucky enough to have some friends that are into tramping too. And I think there's something that just feels so nice about you're in nature, everything you need is on your back. And I think it just sometimes helps to put life into perspective a little bit. Like Mm. all you care about is that your feet hurt, are your shoulders okay? When, where's your next meal? Are you going to be warm that night? You know, all these kinds of things. And then you go home and you really appreciate home comforts. And I just, yeah. yeah. You mentioned to me recently that after the amazing success in Gold Coast, it was a bit of a challenge to start back into running. Maybe you sort of exceeded your expectations perhaps. So can you explain more about that, please? Yeah, this has been a new experience for me because it's taken me 
well, we're what, December now, and um, I still feel like my running is kind of quite lightweight at the Mm. moment, so I am back into it. A little bit of me kind of felt like I'd peaked, and I thought, how was I ever going to top that? Because it exceeded my expectations, and I just, I think a little bit of me was like, oh, well, what next? Exactly. Um, And then I think once I had a little bit of downtime, then I was just enjoying having extra time with friends, and Mm. I was reading lots of books, and... I have a lovely partner and it was nice to have like extra time with him. And so I feel like running kind of took a back seat. And then I have noticed that it's been hard to get motivation back because you kind of develop these new habits. Yeah. And I've enjoyed getting up a little bit later in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, 6.30 instead of 5.30 and, you know, these kinds of things. But just in the last kind of, I guess, three or four weeks, I felt this real urge to be running again. And so then I'm like, oh, maybe I just needed a break. Like I've had Mm. this, you know, really full on kind of 18 months of training since I came back to Christchurch. And maybe my body was just like, have a little break, have a little mental rest as well. And now, you know, I'm really excited to be back running. And as I was driving here, I drove through the middle of Hagley Park. And I just thought, oh, I wish I was running at Hagley tonight. And so (laughs) the bug is obviously still there. I just maybe needed a break. Yeah. Yeah, well, because yeah. now I'm not quite sure what my goal should be. And I think mm. it'll probably be a marathon because I've got, you know, great PBs now in 5, 10, and 21. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I think a marathon is still kind of there that I need to have a crack at that. So yeah. maybe 2024 will do that. But I think you're probably right that because I didn't really know what my goal was could be, it's mm. hard, you know, I obviously like to have something to chase rather than just kind of going out for a run yeah. just for the enjoyment mm-hmm. of it. I do like working towards something. Yeah. I sound like a crazy runner, don't I? No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's what we all need. We all need a, yeah, a particular goal. Now, that may not necessarily be time-based. It may be event-based. Mm. It may be even ending up helping someone, like we were talking about Rosie mm. the other day. Um, yeah. So you're a teacher. What got you into that profession? And how do you think it influences your running or if running influences your teaching? I used to work at a research company in Wellington and I remember doing, like we did social research and I remember doing a particular job that was just working with a group of people and it made me just feel like I wanted to do more than being in an office. And so I thought I'm going to go back to uni and train to be a teacher because I want to work with people. But it's so funny because I had this idea that when I went teaching, you know, you kind of, you're idealistic, right? And you're like, I'm going to change the world and I'm going to teach all of my children how to, you know, to grow vegetable gardens and, you know, all these lofty (laughs) goals that you have. And then you get into the classroom and you're like, oh, there's actually like very little time because Mm. we just, you know, the days are so busy and you've got 30 people in front of you who all have got different needs. And, you know, so it's very different to what you think it might be like. So very quickly I learned maybe vegetable gardens is not is not the right goal <laughs> for my classes. But I've been teaching for like 10 years now, I think, and I definitely want to stay in the profession. It, it feels like a real privilege to work with children. And I get to work with the sevens and eights, which is such a special age. They're kind of, that's like a really awkward age when they're growing up. And I think I just love being part of that. And so... Mm. Look, I kind of feel like they, they go nicely together because when I get up early in the morning and I go for a run, then I feel in such a good mood 
going to work. But by the same token, if I run after work, it's just a nice kind of switch between work and home. Like I notice on those days that I go to the track after work, it is impossible to think about work when you your heart rate is whatever, 190. And then you just kind of forget. So I think it's a nice kind of little like stress relief Mm -hmm. as well. I also love that very few, I don't don't know if there's any teachers in the DGRS, you know, if they're running friends, and it's nice having friends who do other jobs. Um, Our parents said a really nice thing. There's a boy in my class who loves to run, or a couple of boys that love to run. But because we talk about running, his mum said to me one day, you're the first teacher that James has had that he sees as like a real person. And I think it's because for him, he's always been like, oh, that's just a teacher and they don't have a personal life. Mm. But because we have this shared interest, he was able to be like, oh, she's a real, you know, she's a human with like a life outside of work. She's the same interest as me. <laughs> she's a runner. <laughs> so it's nice having that to kind of, you know, connect with kids. Yeah, Exactly. You have shared thoughts about your journey through life, especially your time in South Africa, on on some posts that you've had in the past. So can you share a wee snippet about the challenges and opportunities of living overseas? For me, what I realised about myself being overseas was that I'm a homebody. I think I a little bit knew that before I left because I didn't want to go and be a nomadic traveller. I sought out getting a job so I can be based somewhere because I I love getting to know people from a country and getting to know the ins and outs of how a place works rather than just kind of a quick fly-in, fly-out visit. Mm. So I must have known that I was a homebody because I sought out that opportunity in that way. But I didn't realise how much I would miss home. And I think it's the people that I really missed from home. And, And I probably didn't give that enough credit. And then when I got back... I suddenly felt this real sense of relief that I was back, even though I had loved my time in South Africa and Mm. I met the most amazing people and did the most amazing things. And I wouldn't change it. Like I would 100% still go. But it really gave me kind of an appreciation for being back home. And I think what I missed, like it wasn't just that you miss things like weddings and birthdays and things like that, but it's like, I miss like cups of tea with a friend or a a run around Hagley or just those kind of little incidental moments because relationships are hard to maintain when you're not in the same place as someone else and phone calls aren't the same and I just feel like it's all those little moments of time Mm. that matter. I've been back nearly two years now and I still feel like I'm in this kind of resettling stage where you're, Mm. you're trying to just still figure out how the kind of flow of friendships and all these kinds of things. That's not the, quite the right word, but just when now that I've come back, lots of friends have had babies and it's just, life is just a little bit different. So mm. just kind of figuring out where I fit with all of <laughs> that. Yep. So you're now a home owner. Massive congrats on Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> given how expensive properties are currently. So with that base, what are your plans with running and any other goals moving forward? Yeah, well, conveniently, my new home is, you know, running distance to Hagley Park, so <laughs> still be running. Look, I, I'm not done with running. I feel mm. like, you know, at some point in the future, maybe there's kids or something on the scene, I don't know. But for now, I'm really enjoying chasing running goals, 
having my lovely running community, one of the things I love about DGRS is all the, the cool women who are a similar age to me mm. that run and that are all so supportive, but yet also competitive. And so I feel like I'm just still in that kind of phase of my life. I'm in my mid-30s now, which is a, a peak, I think, you know, for women in running. And so I just want to spend the next few years enjoying getting a little that. bit better, enjoying mm-hmm. it. I would like to have another crack at the half marathon again and see if I could beat 122. And then, I, yeah, I do want to try a marathon as, as well. Fantastic. Okay, Harriet, we now have a quick fire round of questions. So consider them some strides at Napuna Wai. I always, this, this kind of thing stresses me out, but you come won't on, my brain, my brain, my brain right. It's You'll be fine. <laughs> so here goes. Shoes with lots of cushioning or very little? Oh, I do like cushioning. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uphill or downhill? Uphill. Trail, road, cross country or track? Road. Morning or afternoon? Morning. Finally, a runner or a coach you greatly admire? Don Gregg. Absolutely. Harriet, it's been brilliant hearing about your journey, quite inspirational and motivational to young and old alike. So I'm looking forward to trying to keep up with you on the track. I'm not sure if I'll ever, ever make 122 for the, for the half. So thanks so much for sharing your adventure um, and running experiences with us today. Thank you. Pete, I honestly didn't think I'd have much to say and I feel like I've just been chewing your ear off. So thank you. What a lovely afternoon. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thanks so much and all the very best in the future, Harriet. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too.